Welcome to the Audit Room, the number one podcast where you can share your audit experiences, ask questions, and get expert coaching and feedback. Episodes are recorded live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. That's 11 a.m. Chicago Time, 12 noon New York, and 6 p.m. Berlin. So be sure to check the show notes to join our next meeting and get all your auditing questions answered. Now, here are our hosts, Trent Russell and Tracy Marquardt. This podcast is brought to you by Green Skies Analytics, the services firm that helps auditors leapfrog up the analytics maturity model. Their approach for launching audit analytics programs with a series of proven quick win analytics will guarantee the results worthy of the analytics hype. Whether your audit team needs a data strategy, methodology, governance, literacy, or anything else related to audit and analytics, visit greenskiesanalytics.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Quality Assurance Communication. If you're an internal auditor who wants to take your own or your team's communication skills and audit results to the next level, who wants to create more for yourself, your team, and your organization, no matter where you work around the globe, then check out Quality Assurance Communication at qacommunication.com. Hello, everyone. This is Trent Russell, and this is The Audit Room. You can join us live to ask your questions of our guests um, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. That's 11 a.m. Chicago time uh, by connecting with Tracy Marquardt or myself and or myself on LinkedIn, where we post um, the link to the Zoom call. So uh, again, so you can ask your questions live. Again, I'm your co-host and moderator, Trent Russell. I'm the founder of Green Skies Analytics, where we help launch internal audit analytics programs and internal audit data teams. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Tracy Marquardt. Hi there, everybody. So I am known as Europe's leading audit communication consultant, working all around the globe, though, these days, coming to you from Canada. And we are joined in the house today by Hal Guerin. And we will be discussing organization, culture, and politics. I find this a super fascinating topic because I do think it, it affects one of the loves of my life, which is audit reports, Hal. Um, but Hal is the Managing Director of Audit Executive Advisory Services. And um, at Audit Executive Advisory Services, they provide guidance to chief audit executives on leadership, risk, governance, and control. Uh, Hal, impressively, has been named as a thought leader by Richard Chambers, not once, but twice. So congratulations, Hal. And I look forward to seeing if you can make it three years in a row. Um, and he regularly writes um, no articles. Yeah, no pressure. He regularly writes articles for Internal Audit 360. They are well worth the read. Highly recommend it. So, Hal, welcome to the audit room. Thanks. It's a great pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me. All right. Let's. Um, I think that intro was plenty enough. If, if for those that don't know how to um, speak to his. Uh, thought leadership within the internal audit community and um, really just how like impressive it is. And, and and Tracy spoke about the internal audit 360 articles. If you don't know internal audit 360, highly recommend subscribe to those. Um, every time I see that Hal has one out, I definitely read it. Uh, if not that day, at least maybe later that night, but <laughs> I get a point to read those. It's probably one of the best go-to resources. If you want to understand more about audit um, and not just the execution side, but in its entirety, which I think brings us to the topic today, uh, organizational organization, culture, and politics. Culture has obviously been a hot topic. Politics, we don't really talk a ton about. Uh, at least I don't seem to see a lot of discussion around politics 
in a corporate setting. And so that's kind of where I wanted to start off um, how, and a lot of this conversation is coming from a recent roundtable event that you did. We'll give you a, a second if you want to share uh, more about that here in a second. But um, relative to the politics, what are some common mistakes that you see auditors make with politics? And is there a blind side? Yeah, I mean, the topic is really more about navigating culture and politics. I mean, the organization has every organization has a culture and and not being negative. There are politics, not like we think about in terms of government, but politics that operate within an organization. Um, and so I don't mean politics to be negative. It's just the way it's part of culture. It's the way things get done. It's when you interject people in an environment where they're under pressure to achieve goals and objectives that how they go about doing it may be different than the way others go about doing it. And it introduces this things about uh, that might be referred to as politics. I think the point really is about knowing how, learning how to navigate it. Um, you know, it exists within the organization and we could go around with blinders on and assume it isn't important. Um, and then find out that we wonder why we're not being as effective as we need to. So it's kind of, it's the soft side of getting our job done within the organization and politics, organizational politics is part of it. Is there when a, I, when, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, when I hear you say the word navigating, I think about, you know, the journey on the water and how a good captain will will know the destination, know the route, have the maps, think about the strategy of how to get from A to B. So I imagine there can be a lot of strategy behind navigating these organizational culture and, and, the, and the politics and communication will come into play there and how you play those cards. Yeah, I mean, when I was, you know, early in my career, you know, and I think everybody is this you know, is somewhat wired this way, you know, um, is, you know, you feel like you're in, if you're in the internal audit profession and my job is to get to the truth and get to the facts and gather my evidence, that as long as I have truth on my side and well-researched evidence to support my opinions and observations, that's all I need. And that's, I don't know if it's half the battle, three quarters of the battle, I don't know what percent of the battle it is, but it is only part of the battle. Because if you don't know how to, within your organization, deliver the messages, how to package things, whether it's in writing or verbal and all that stuff goes with it, that's all about navigating. You know, you know just because I know how to steer the boat you know, doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to get from point A to point B. I have to know a whole lot more about that environment. What is what is the wind? What is the what is the? I'm not a boater, so I don't know what I'm talking about here. You know, <laughs> you know, but what what is the wind? What is the water like? You know, what do I need to navigate? Yeah, where are the rocks? Might be obstacles that are hit seen and unseen. Hey, I kind of like that analogy now that nice. I'm playing with it. You know, um, you know, because there's going to be things that you see and you don't see. The interesting thing to me is if you think about a time when you were new to an organization and the organization's culture was completely foreign to you, you didn't know and you didn't know how to navigate it. 
and you made some mistakes. You didn't realize, oh, I should have given them a heads up. Oh, I wonder why they're all bent out of shape about that because it's no big deal. And you start learning. And then over time, you get to the point where all that stuff is second nature. You don't even have to think twice. One of your staff members comes to you and says, you know, blah, 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 whatever the blah, blah, blah is. They're telling you something and you immediately triggers in your head. Oh, I better give the head of compliance, a, a, you know, a, an off the record heads up on that. Oh, I better do this or I better do that, that you didn't know. And that might not be the same in every organization. It's the way that organization and the people in that organization interact with each other. And that's really what this navigating culture and politics in the organization is really all about. And it becomes really stark to us when we're new in a new, a new organization. And we don't think it's a big deal when it becomes second nature after we've been there a while. That's so, and, and Tracy might appreciate this also, and what we do in working with various internal audit departments, um, all with different cultures. Is there a way to, to navigate that culture and understand that culture, or is it just trial and error? Or maybe, and Tracy, this might be um, um, a little nod to you. It sounds like from what you were describing earlier, it might even be like over-communication might be a way to mitigate, mitigate against that. I mean, it could be, certainly, I think you've got to have a communication strategy, right? So you've got to know, not just the individual that you're working with or the group of individuals, you know, you know, we always talk about, well, when I communicate with the board, I need to, but you know, when Norman Marks was here, he's like, the board is made up of individuals and we can't forget that we're dealing with individuals. Plus we need to know as much as we can about the culture. So over communicating, yeah maybe I would say thoughtful communicating, if that makes sense. Yeah, what think about, about what, yeah. when you go and when you go and let, you know, let's say that you're outsourcing or co-sourcing some projects as an audit leader. You don't just, you, you meet the, you meet the teams, you know, you decide who's going to do the work for you. And if they had very little or no work that this team of individuals coming from a third party is going to do in your organization, do you just let them run amok or do you sit them down and spend some time talking to them, you know, either directly or indirectly about the culture? This is, let me tell you a little bit about the people that you're going to be interacting with. Let me tell you about, you know, some things that are going on in the area. Let me tell you, I mean, you're introducing them to the culture mm -hmm. and the politics within the group of individuals that they're going to be meeting with. And so, you know, I think you need to do the same thing when you're looking at, you know, and you, I'm sure people do, but you do it with, you know, you think you do it with your new hires. Do you just say, you know, day one, okay, here's, here's the first audit I need you to execute. Or do you give them some burn-in time, you know, and you set up some meetings for them and get to know people and processes and all that kind of stuff as best as you can, um, you know, and that that is all part of navigating. Yeah. Can I ask you a question, Hal? Because in, in my experience working with all the various clients, especially on the audit reporting, I find audit results depend, number one, on role the role of audit within the business and the perceived role of audit within the business and that relationship 
because sometimes there is pressure from the organization to maybe not be be really liked within the organization. Like you can't go and talk to this um, a group or position within the company or their report, the internal audit is reporting to the CFO or their, you know, so internal audit is kind of held back based on the culture within the organization. Does that ring true for you? Yeah, I think it does. You know, I mean, there are going to be a set of um, perceptions about internal audit that pre-exist across the organization as well as within individuals, whether they're, they're valid or not. They can be, I guess the term I would use, they can be headwinds mm -hmm. against your best efforts and your best judgment. And part of navigating is trying to understand what those are, what those headwinds are. And if they're justified, um, you know, then there's something you need to change in the way you go about doing things. If you think, think they're unjustified, then there's something else that needs to change. And that means you got to work on changing perceptions. Absolutely. But it's still, that's all, it's a great point. That's all part of navigating um, the, the, the organizational culture. And some of that is going to be the, the, the baggage that you carry around or the baggage that others want you to carry around because of what they they believe about you, your function, or the profession. And I, I want to share something with you. No names will be mentioned, um, just to see what you think. Because for me, it's culture related within an organization. So the head of audit reports to the CFO. So it's multiple levels down, and the C-suite has or is is considering. Let's put it that way. Is considering limiting audit findings to 100 per year. Okay. I'm like, how does that happen? How can that Well, I mean, possible? depending on depending on the depending on the the um, size, complexity, level of problems within the organization, size of the audit function itself, you know, 100 100 might be a little and 100 may be a lot. It's a little, um, you know, so, you know, if the organization, yeah, I mean, if the organ, I, I think it's silly, you know, it, it is what it is. And you have to do a good job of, um, I'll use the term <laughs> navigating again, navigating severity, you know, yeah. um, and criticality yeah. and materiality, you know, and if you're not doing a good job of that, then that's where that that that's where that may be coming from. You know, you're, you're overwhelming yeah. us with minutia. So yeah. that's it. Yeah. You're limited. You're cut off, you know, you're cut off. So I think no there's more than three drinks there. for you. I'm sorry. You know, yeah. Um, there, there's a grain of truth and that maybe they are um, in too much detail or maybe they're not aggregating at the right level. Maybe they're, you know, just breaking things down to too fine a level of detail. And if you have, you know, 50 findings in a report, um, which I'm teaching a group this morning, audit writing, they have at least 50 for every report. And I just think we need to start rethinking how we're doing this stuff, but that's a conversation. For another well, topic. I think, you, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a re-up conversation from a, another day, but you know, if that is the case, then I would say do a better job of reporting root cause, you know, you. you know, what, you know, what, what, what things are all, you know, 
happening that you want to report about that are really at the end of the day, something else that's a, a, a more macro issue. Yeah. And so fine. If you want to limit me, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to really get to the real issues here, you know, challenge accepted. Yeah. Yeah. And uh friend to the podcast, Bud Schrock commenting on uh, Tracy, the situation, he says audit finding number one would be you're totally wrong in that the organization setting a cap at a hundred. Number so. two is reenact on the other 99. <laughs> now. Well, all right. To, to switch it up a little bit. Uh, I found that in doing this and hosting the audit podcast, people generally are interested in working with audit committees. I know when, when I started, it was just like, uh, hey, go tell them the findings and update them on the status of the audit plan. And I was like, yep, okay, I didn't, you know, that was the advice I was given. Um, but I feel like unless you have a mentor that's been there, you don't really know what to do with, with the audit committee. So that's always kind of a, a good topic. So what happens during an audit committee meetings uh, relative to culture and how does culture play in that? I would say audit committee meetings and interacting with the audit committee is basically culture and politics on steroids. Mm -hmm. um, because most of the time in audit committee meetings, um, you don't know what the agendas of the individual in the room are. You may have relationships with the chair and some of the members of the audit committee, but they aren't gonna necessarily be, unless you've been there for years, they aren't gonna be well-defined, you know, um, as they might be with other peers and people in the organization. And you got, you got it, some executives that are likely gonna be in the room. At, you know, at certain points as well, you know, and so, you know, the, the, all of the mental processes you have to go through about what's ending up on the agenda based on what's on the agenda, who do I need to have pre-discussions with? Who do I need to give heads up with before the meeting? What do I need to socialize before the meeting is going to occur? Okay. Such and such happened in the meeting and, I, you know, and, and the CEO gave the audit committee chair a really strange look. Mm. I wonder what that was all about, you know, and the room dynamics that are going on and all of that. Um, and then you have the executive sessions. So everybody scuttles out of the room and then stuff goes on. So, okay, now that's happened. Do I need to give anybody a heads up? I mean, there, it's a microcosm of the culture and politics. As I said, it's on steroids there. And failure to navigate that well could be the beginning of the end of a CAE's career, at least within that organization. Is there a way to prep for that before becoming a CAE or working with an audit committee um, to read a room and things like that? Would you do it like just within your, like your kickoff meetings or your closed meetings? Like it seems like the closed meeting could be a, a maybe the best potential place to kind of. No organization is going to be the same. So ideally, you know, maybe you're ascending to the CAE level because your predecessor groomed you um, and your predecessor is going to be there for a while. Um, if not, then I think hopefully your administrative boss, whether it's the CEO, CFO, or some other C-suite individual, really, truly has your back. 
um, because a lot of con you have to have a lot of conversations with them. Tell me about, okay, with this stuff that we're going to be putting on the agenda, is there ask, is there anyone we, I should be giving a heads up to? Is there mm -hmm. any landmines out there I should be thinking about? Yeah, over time it starts to become second nature and you don't need to do all that stuff. But if you're you're new, you could, you know, you could be, you know, doing the best job you absolutely can and being incredibly thoughtful and diligent and respectful and any other words I could think of and step on all kinds of landmines. You know, yeah. there's nothing worse than having that first audit committee meeting. And then the CEO is you're kind of breaking up, you know, that the meeting's ending and the CEO or the CFO, you know, says, hey, if you got a minute when this is over, can you swing by my office? Yeah, that usually is not going to be because they want to say great job. Yeah, yeah. You knocked it out of the park on that first one, you yeah. know, so. Uh, so, I mean, you can't be you can't be too sensitive when dealing at that level or too cautious. I don't I don't think from my experience. OK, and we've got uh, two more. And then there's a question in chat that we'll try to squeeze in. But similar to one of my favorite parts about doing this show is when, when I have like a real world situation and there's an expert in that area, I can just go ask the expert. Similar to how Tracy asked the, the hundred uh, audit findings thing with with the with her client. So, um, and dealing with an international organization where there's almost like subcultures within the culture and then subcultures, even within that, um, how do you deal with those complexities of culture and politics when there's an international footprint? Um, well, you know, assume you got to assume that things aren't the same everywhere. You know, you made the point, you know, Trent that, you know, um, in any organization, even if it is, you know, a, you know, one country domestic organization, there are going to be a bunch of microcultures and subcultures running around inside of the macro culture that might exist or be desired. And if you get to, uh, you know, a, a global footprint, then that is going to be, um, you know, all the more the case. Um, and it, I think it, it raises an interesting dynamic in the more remote world we're in these days. You know, um, you know, five, 10 years ago, if you had, um, you know, an audit staff in another country, you were doing work in another country, you went there, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and we can't, we can't um, minimize the auditory and visual individuals that we are walking around and talking with people and walking through a physical space and all the clues that we pick up that we don't even realize that give us clues about the culture and how people interact with each other. And why is, why is that that way? Even if we don't ask the question, we're taking it all in. So the same people, little squares on a screen, you know, and you've never been there, you've never interacted with them. It's very different and it's much harder to figure out the nuances of culture differences. So I don't have a great advice other than you have to ask. You have to ask a lot of questions. And I, I agree with that, Hal. I think um, this is why I think, you know, whenever I do training remotely or whenever I'm talking to people, I always take advantage of those first few minutes of small talk. It's to kind of get an idea 
if you can, about how things are with that person and for that person. And because I think we're talking a lot about like national culture, regional culture. Um, I have one experience, it was a Swiss bank and I trained in Hong Kong, Singapore, London, New York, Switzerland. And uh, I expected significant cultural differences at each location and, and there weren't any. It's like everybody had the bank culture. So it's interesting how yeah. corporate culture can override regional culture. And my, my only thought that I wanted to share, because I have to pop off shortly, is um, that we should always consider to the culture that we bring and the impact on the culture that we're visiting. Because how heavy is your cultural footprint, right? Because we all have one. Yeah, I think a very interesting dynamic that I've, you know, I'm not going to mention names, but some individuals who I have interacted with over the last couple of years who are CAEs for the U.S. domestic operations of an, a, a, a um, foreign-owned organization. So they report in and they, 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 I've, I, they've spent a year or two, and they're still saying, I cannot figure out the culture sitting here in the States about who to interact with in Japan, China, mm -hmm. Germany, whatever it is. I don't, you know, I can't figure out the culture. Every time I think I got it figured out, I find something else out that I just, because it's, it's just different. And they spent the last couple of years not going there. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I think we can have, you know, if we don't have an, maybe enough even life experiences, that can also impact. I think the more traveled you are, this is my opinion, yeah, the more traveled you are, the better you can function within international organizations because you've seen it, you've lived it, you've smelled it, you've tasted it. And uh, it maybe comes a little bit easier, perhaps, for some of us. Yep. Yeah. All right, we're, we are running up against it. So I did want to ask how, what's the, what are like some of the, the top takeaways uh, from this topic and what should internal auditors consider to get better at navigating culture and politics? So one thing I would ask before we end, Trent, is if you have the link to the session that Jason um, Efford and I did, they are available um, on demand. Uh, Jason and I did a panel discussion. Thanks for dropping that in the show notes um, in the chat session. Uh, we did a 60-minute uh, panel discussion uh, with some very experienced CAEs on this topic of navigating culture um, and politics, and then did a follow-on 90-minute Q&A session, and those are available um, for anyone who wants to hear that. I think the takeaways really at the end of the day is... Um, you know, if you find that you're struggling with getting your messages heard, you know, you've done the work, you know, you've done all of the, you've got all the facts on your side, you've done the work, but your messages are not resonating, they're not getting heard. I think it's, a, assume it's you, hmm. not them. Assume, ask yourself, what do I need to do differently? Is it that I'm not navigating the culture properly? Um, you know, am I not navigating the politics well of the situation? Um, and a, an example that I would think about that comes to mind is we've all been there, you know, um, internal audit reports and rating systems. 
and you're having a great conversation about the findings and the clients completely agreeing with everything you said. And then you start talking about the rating, SAT, ONSAT, needs improvement, ABC, one, two, three, whatever the rating system is in the organization. And all of a sudden everything goes off the rails mm. because they start debating whether that's the right rating for what the findings were. And then they start challenging the findings. Well, what's probably at play is there was no risk to them from the findings themselves. Yeah. But there was possibly risk to them personally, financially, or um, reputationally, because the rating was not what was going to make them look as good as they needed to. Well, that's organizational politics at play. Maybe the advanced version, but we've all been there. Yeah. All right, we are so we are up against it. I will uh, quickly close um, logistics stuff like we always do, and then how you can close this out. Uh, there is a question in the chat: How do we see past recordings of the room? If you stay on, I'll post a link to uh, Spotify and iTunes where you can check those out. Um, but again, this is the audit room. We are live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. You can join us live on the Zoom call and ask your questions of experts like Hal. Um, so be sure to do that again every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. How I will leave it to you to close us out with any final words. Check out the, the pre-recorded session. It's three hours of great CPE. You got the link. Um, and I just submitted an article to Internal Audit 360 that Knocking on Wood hopefully will publish. And it is uh, related to the topic because it does talk about culture and something internal audit probably doesn't do as thorough a job as it should in some organizations because it could be the political third rail if you want to grab it and hold on tight. Um, and so stay tuned for that article. It might be published by the end of this week. <laughs>